Hello and welcome to Wake the F*** Up, a podcast about conscious living. I'm your host, Madison Palika, here to explore with you a holistic, healthy, and ethical way of life to help you gain awareness and self-empowerment. I hope to awaken humanity to the reality of the world as well as their own creative potential. Thank you so much for being here, and I love you. Hello, I am here on my Friday night. (laughs) Um, I have the house or the apartment to myself for the whole weekend, so I just spent some time cleaning. I've got my candle lit. I was playing some nice groovy, like vintage music. It's great. But anyway, I just came across something on Telegram from Linwood, and he said, if you seek a substantive and spiritual understanding of what's going on in our country and in the world, I believe it's essential that you read the two letters attached below. If you've read them before, read them again. We must understand and accept how we got to this point in our history and why, if we are going to form solutions, Oh, (laughs) sorry guys. (laughs) That's probably going to keep happening because this is the first time that I've read these letters. I've read a little bit of one of them, but so it's going to be an experience. And sometimes, you know, you know how it is when you're reading. Sometimes it takes you a few seconds to figure out how the sentence goes. So let me restart that one. It says, we must understand and accept how we got to this point in our history and why if we're going to form solutions to extricate ourselves from the Great Reset. So, these letters that I'm about to read are Archbishop Vigano's letters to President Trump. This was when he was still president. One is from June 7th, 2020, and the other is from October 25th, 2020. And this guy, I could be wrong about this. Um, I haven't had time to look it up, but I think that this might have been the guy or one of the guys who sounded the alarm about pedophilia in the Catholic Church. So he's like, I don't really know how the rankings go, but he's below the Pope, but he still has like a high official ranking. So he sent letters to Donald Trump, literally trying to warn him of what's going on right now. And I don't know how many of you guys have seen Out of Shadows or Fall of the Cabal or Fall of Cabal. I don't know if there's a the in there. But that's kind of where I was alerted to the whole pedophilia, Satanism stuff, right? And a lot of people seem to think that the Pope is actually satanic. And if you look up some of his YouTube videos, um, like they did a satanic ritual maybe in 2019, I think it was. But a lot of people don't catch on because they don't actually know the words of the Bible. So they don't see the things the Pope are doing and say, wait, that's totally satanic. They just kind of think, oh, it's the Pope. He must be doing the right thing. Because people don't actually know what the right thing is that he should be doing. So a lot of things just kind of fly under the radar. Um, It's been well reported about the pedophilia in the Vatican. Uh, The Vatican has a lot of sketchy stuff. I'm not even going to go into all of it because I honestly just want to read these letters. (sighs) Sorry, guys. I talk so fast when I get into these. But so these, it's only seven pages total. Two letters. This will be my first time reading it. So 
you're gonna get to hear my reactions and my thought process but I just like this is one of those things where it's like holy f you need to read Archbishop Vagano's letters to Trump and it's like oh yeah and then no one actually reads them so I thought that it might just make it easier for everyone if I could record this podcast and you don't have to read you can just listen to exactly what it says I'm not gonna skip anything I'm not gonna leave anything out I'm just gonna read it so if you hear this podcast and you hear these letters and you're like holy shit I need to tell people about this then please do send this podcast on to them you can tell them to skip to whatever time mark it is that I start actually reading I don't care if they listen to me I just want people to hear these letters so here I go June 7th, 2020, Holy Trinity Sunday. Mr. President, in recent months, we've been witnessing the formation of two opposing sides that I would call biblical, the children of light and the children of darkness. The children of light constitute the most conspicuous part of humanity, while the children of darkness represent an absolute minority. And yet the former are the are the object of a sort of discrimination which places them in a situation of moral inferiority with respect to their adversaries, who often hold strategic strategic positions in government, in politics, in the economy, and in the media. In an apparently inexplicable way, the good are held hostage by the wicked and by those who help them either out of self-interest or fearfulness. So the good are held hostage by the wicked and by those who help them, either out of self-interest or fearfulness. These two sides, which have a biblical nature, follow the clear separation between the offspring of the woman and the offspring of the serpent, or the devil. You know, I don't know how well-versed you guys are. The woman, I think, refers to Israel and God's children. So separation between the offspring of the woman and the offspring of the serpent. On the one hand, there are those who, although they have a thousand defects and weaknesses, are motivated by the desire to do good, to be honest, to raise a family, to engage in work, to give prosperity to their homeland, to help the needy, and in obedience to the law of God, to merit the kingdom of heaven. On the other hand, there are those who serve themselves, who do not hold any moral principles, who want to demolish the family and the nation, exploit workers to make themselves unduly wealthy, foment internal divisions and wars, and accumulate power and money. For them, the fallacious illusion of temporal well-being will one day, if they don't repent, yield to the terrible fate that awaits them, far from God, in eternal damnation. In society, Mr. President, these two opposing realities coexist as eternal enemies, just as God and Satan are eternal enemies. And it appears that the children of darkness, whom we may easily identify with the deep state, which you wisely oppose and which is fiercely waging war against you in these days, have decided to show their cards, so to speak, by now revealing their plans. They seem to be so certain of already having everything under control that they have laid aside the circumspection that, until now, had at least partially concealed their true intentions. Chills, guys. The investigations already underway will reveal the true true responsibility of those who manage the COVID emergency, not only in the area of healthcare, but also in politics, the economy, and the media. 
We will probably find that in this colossal operation of social engineering, there are people who have decided the fate of humanity, arrogating themselves the right to act against the will of the citizens and their representatives in the governments of nations. We will also discover that the riots in these days were provoked by those who, seeing that the virus is inevitably fading and that the social alarm of the pandemic is waning, necessarily have had to provoke civil disturbances because they'd be followed by repression which, although legitimate, could be condemned as an unjustified aggression against the population. The same thing is also happening in Europe in perfect synchrony. It is quite clear that the use of street protests is instrumental to the purposes of those who would like to see someone elected in the upcoming presidential elections who embodies the goals of the deep state and who expresses those goals faithfully and with conviction. It will not be surprising if, in a few months, we learn once again that, hidden behind these acts of vandalism and violence, there are those who hope to profit from the dissolution of the social order so as to build a world without freedom. Um, and right here, I think this is a Latin phrase, solve et coagula. So it's, it has this phrase, and it says this, as the Masonic adage teaches. So he's talking about like Masonic orders and what they study or what they teach, you know, whatever. Although it may seem disconcerting, the opposing alignments I've described are also found in religious circles. There are faithful shepherds who care for the flock of Christ, but there are also mercenary infidels who seek to scatter the flock and hand the sheep over to be devoured by ravenous wolves. It is not surprising that these mercenaries are allies of the children of darkness and hate the children of light. Just as there is a deep state, there is also a deep church that betrays its duties and forswears its proper commitments before God. Thus, the invisible enemy, capitalized and italicized, guys. Thus, the invisible enemy. Do you guys remember Trump saying that all the time when he would be talking about, you know, supposedly talking about COVID and the virus, he would call it the invisible enemy. So just notice that Vagano's using the same wording here. Thus, the invisible enemy, whom, rule, whom good rulers fight against in public affairs, is also fought against by good shepherds in the ecclesiastical sphere. It is a spiritual battle, which I spoke about in my recent appeal, which was published on May 8th. Uh, that's italicized and capitalized also, so you should probably look that up and see what his appeal is on May 8th. For the first time, the United States has in you a president who courageously defends the right to life, who is not ashamed to denounce the persecution of Christians throughout the world, who speaks of Jesus Christ and the right of citizens to freedom of worship. Your participation in the March for Life, and more recently your proclamation of the month of April as National Child, Child Abuse Prevention Month, are actions that confirm which side you wish to fight on. And I dare to believe that both of us are on the same side in this battle, albeit with different weapons. For this reason, I believe that the attack to which you were subjected after your visit to the National Shrine of St. John Paul II is part of an orchestrated media narrative, italicized, a part of THE orchestrated media narrative, which seeks not to fight racism and bring social order, but to aggravate dispositions. 
Not to bring justice, but to legitimize violence and crime. Not to serve truth, but to favor one political faction. And it is disconcerting that there are bishops, such as those whom I recently denounced. I'm guessing this might be the pedophilia stuff. So disconcerting that there are bishops, whom he recently denounced, who, by their words, prove that they are aligned on the opposing side. They are subservient to the deep state, to globalism, to aligned thought, to the new world order which they invoke ever more frequently in the name of a universal brotherhood which has nothing Christian about it but which evokes the Masonic ideals of those who want to dominate the world by driving God out of the courts, out of schools, out of families, and perhaps even out of churches. Holy cow. I'm reading this again. He's talking about bishops in churches who are subservient to the deep state globalism aligned thought to the new world order. He capitalizes this, the new world order, which they invoke ever more frequently in the name of a italicized universal brotherhood, which has nothing Christian about it, but which evokes the Masonic ideals of those who want to dominate the world by driving out God. Out from the courts, out from the schools, out from the families, and perhaps, actually, I would say definitely, out of churches. The Mormon church made me hate God. Now, that's not, not the experience for everybody, but that was my experience. So I would say, yeah. It continues. The American people are mature and have now understood how much the mainstream media does not want to spread the truth, but seeks to silence and distort it, spreading the lie that is useful for the purposes of their masters. However, it is important that the good, who are the majority, wake up from their sluggishness and do not accept being deceived by a minority of dishonest people with unavowable purposes. It is necessary that the good, the children of light, come together and make their voices heard. What more effective way is there to do this, Mr. President, than by prayer, asking the Lord to protect, to protect you, the United States, and all of humanity from this enormous attack of the enemy, capitalized. Before the power of prayer, the deceptions of the children of darkness will collapse. Their plots will be revealed. Their betrayal will be shown. Their frightening power will end in nothing, brought to light and exposed for what it is, an infernal deception. Okay, I have chills because I feel like that's what's happening. <laughs> Guys, for real, I feel like that's what's happening. All these people are coming to God and praying. And I don't know if it's just because I'm already awake to it, but that didn't happen until this year. Like, yo, I feel like so many people are being woken up to what's going on. Like, people are seeing the deep state expose themselves so clearly, and it's, like, laughable at this point. Oh, so good. Okay, so it continues. Mr. President. My prayer is constantly turned to the beloved American nation, where I had the privilege and honor of being sent by Pope Benedict. <laughs> I don't even want to try and say this Roman numerals number. As Okay, so he was sent by Pope Benedict number something as 
apostolic nuncio. Guys, I'm sorry. (laughs) It continues. In this dramatic and decisive hour for all of humanity, I am praying for you and also for all those who are at your side in the government of the United States. I trust that the American people are united with me and you in prayer to Almighty God. United against the invisible enemy of all humanity, I bless you and the First Lady, the beloved American nation, and all men and women of goodwill. Carlo Maria Vigano. Wow. Okay, so good. And this, this was in June. So just think, this was only three months after COVID, which like around this time, okay, well, actually three months earlier in March, they were saying two weeks to stop the spread, uh, flatten the curve. And then three months later, he's writing this like, yo, we're being deceived. The media is painting a narrative that's not true. Wake up. So time goes on. Okay, so four months later, he comes back with another letter. Open letter to the United... (laughs) I already messed up. Open letter to the President of the United States of America, Donald J. Trump. Sunday, October 25th, 2020. Mr. President, allow me to address you at this hour in which the fate of the whole world is being threatened by a global conspiracy against God and humanity. Oh, what an opening line. Wow. I write to you as an archbishop, as a successor of the apostles, as the former apostolic nuncio to the United States of America. I am writing to you in the midst of the silence of both civil and religious authorities. May you accept these words of mine as the, in quotations, voice of one crying out in the desert. John chapter 1 verse 23. As I said when I wrote my letter to you in June, this historical moment sees the forces of evil aligned in a battle without quarter against the forces of good, forces of evil that appear powerful and organized as they oppose the children of light who are disoriented and disorganized, abandoned by their temporal and spiritual leaders. Retweet. Daily, we sense the attacks multiplying of those who want to destroy the very basis of society, the natural family, respect for human life, love of country, freedom of education and business. We see heads of nations and religious leaders pandering to the suicide of Western culture and its Christian soul, while the fundamental rights of citizens and believers are denied in the name of a health emergency that is revealing itself more and more fully as instrumental to the establishment of an inhuman, faceless tyranny. A global plan called the Great Reset is underway. Oh my gosh, I have chills. Its architect is a global elite that wants to subdue all of humanity, imposing coercive measures with which to drastically limit individual freedoms and those of entire populations. In several nations, this plan has already been approved and financed. In others, it's still in an early stage. Behind the world leaders who are the accomplices and executors of this infernal project, They are unscrupulous characters who finance the World Economic Forum and Event 201 promoting their agenda. Y'all, I don't know if I have, but I swear that I have probably mentioned, (laughs) I swear that I probably 
have mentioned these in previous podcast episodes because it's like the New World Order, the Great Reset, the World Economic Forum, Event 201. These all four play together in what I would call the devil's end time plan. So he continues. The purpose of the Great Reset is the imposition of a health dictatorship aiming at the imposition of libertacidal measures hidden behind tempting promises of ensuring a universal income and canceling individual debt. The price of these concessions from the International Monetary Fund will be the renunciation of private property and adherence to a program of vaccination against COVID-19 and COVID-21 promoted by Bill Gates with the collaboration of the main pharmaceutical groups. So he's already calling out COVID-21 right here. We'll see what happens. Beyond the enormous economic interests that motivate the promoters of the Great Reset, the imposition of the vaccination will be accompanied by the requirement of a health passport and a digital ID with a consequent contact tracing of the entire of the population of the entire world. Those who do not accept these measures will be confined in detention camps or placed under house arrest and all of their assets will be confiscated. And I'm like, I'm even like a little bit shaky right now because as I've been learning just this year or just in 2020, in the end of days, according to the Bible, there will be a worldwide snare that traps every person in the whole world and they will be required to be given a mark in their hand or their forehead, which will prevent them from doing basically anything. Well, what is this plan of the Great Reset and the COVID-19 and 21 vaccines and the digital passport and the COVID ID and the contact tracing, the seizing of property, the placement in detention camps and house arrest? What does that sound like? Like, it's time to be real here. Mr. President, I imagine that you're already aware that in some countries, the Great Reset will be activated between the end of this year and the first trimester of 2021. For this purpose, further lockdowns are planned, which will be officially justified by a supposed second and third wave of the pandemic. You are well aware of the means that have been deployed to sow panic and legitimize draconian limitations on individual liberties, artfully provoking a worldwide economic crisis. In the intentions of its architects, this crisis will serve to make the recourse of nations to the Great Reset irreversible, thereby giving the final blow to a world whose existence and very memory they want to completely cancel. But this world, Mr. President, includes people, affections, institutions, faith, culture, traditions, and ideals, People and values that do not act like automatons, who do not obey like machines, because they are endowed with a soul and a heart, because they are tied together by a spiritual bond that draws its strength from above, from that God that our adversaries want to challenge, just as Lucifer did at the beginning of time with his non-servium. I wish I knew what that meant, guys. (laughs) shoot it's italicized and it's in quotation marks if you know let me know find me on instagram i just made okay i didn't make a new one but i changed the username on one of my backup instagram accounts since 
mine will not let me back. Um, so now it's madison.palika. You can find me there. If you know what non-servium means, <laughs> send me a DM. Okay, and now continuing. Many people, as we well know, are annoyed by this reference to the clash between good and evil and the use of apocalyptic overtones, which according to them, exasperates spirits and sharpens divisions. It is not surprising that the enemy is angered at being discovered, just when he believes he has reached the citadel he seeks to conquer undisturbed. What is surprising, however, is that there is no one to sound the alarm. The reaction of the deep state to those who denounce its plan is broken and incoherent, but understandable. Just when the complicity of the mainstream media had succeeded in making the transition to the new world order almost painless and unnoticed, all sorts of deceptions, scandals, and crimes are coming to light. Until a few months ago, it was easy to smear as conspiracy theorists, those who denounced these terrible plans, which we now see being carried out down to the smallest detail. No one, up until last February, would ever have thought that in all of our cities, citizens would be arrested simply for wanting to walk down the street, to breathe, to want to keep their business open, to want to go to church on Sunday. Yet now it's happening all over the world, even in picture postcard Italy that many Americans consider to be a small enchanted country with its ancient monuments, its churches, its charming cities, its characteristic villages. And while the politicians are barricaded inside their palaces, promulgating, I hope I said that right, decrees like Persian satraps, guys, don't judge me, promulgating decrees like Persian satraps, satraps, I don't know. Businesses are failing, shops are closing, and people are prevented from living, traveling, working, and praying. The disastrous psychological consequences of this operation are already being seen, beginning with the suicides of desperate entrepreneurs of desperate entrepreneurs, and of our children, segregated from friends and classmates, told to follow their classes while sitting at home, alone, in front of a computer. In sacred scripture, St. Paul speaks to us of the one who opposes, the manifestation of the mystery of iniquity, the kathakon, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. In the religious sphere, this obstacle to evil is the church, and in particular, the papacy. In the political sphere, it is those who impede the establishment of the new world order. As is now clear, the one who occupies the chair of Peter has betrayed his role from the very beginning in order to defend and promote the globalist ideology, supporting the agenda of the deep church who chose him from its ranks. I think he's calling out the Pope right now. I think he's calling out the Pope and saying he's betrayed his role from the very beginning. Mr. President, you have clearly stated that you want to defend the nation. One nation under God, fundamental liberties, and non-negotiable values that are denied and fought against today. It is you, dear President, who are the one who opposes the deep state, the final assault of the children of darkness. Wow. For this reason, it is necessary that all people of goodwill be persuaded of the epochal, epochal, oh, sorry guys, will be persuaded 
of the epochal importance of the imminent election, not so much for the sake of this or that political program, but because of the general inspiration of your action that best embodies, in this particular historical context, that world, our world, which they want to cancel by means of the lockdown. Your adversary is also our adversary. It is the enemy of the human race, he who is a murderer from the beginning. John chapter 8 verse 44. Chills. I have chills. Wow. (laughs) Around you are gathered with faith and courage those who consider you the final garrison against the world dictatorship. The alternative is to vote for a person who is manipulated by the deep state, gravely compromised by scandals and corruption, who will do to the United States what George Jorge, I don't know, Mario Bergoglio is doing to the church, prime mis- prime bin- bleh, okay, who will do to the United States what blank is doing to the church, prime minister Conte to Italy, president Macron to France, prime minister Sh- Sanchez to Spain, and so on. The blackmailable nature of Joe Biden just like that of the prelates of the Vatican's magic circle, in quotations, will expose them to be used unscrupulously, allowing illegitimate powers to interfere in both domestic policies as well as international balances. It is obvious to those who manipulate him, it's obvious that those who manipulate him already have someone worse than him ready, with whom they will replace him as soon as the opportunity arises. And yet, in the midst of this bleak picture, this apparently unstoppable advance of the invisible enemy, an element of hope emerges. The adversary does not know how to love, and it is, does not understand that it is not enough to assure a universal income or to cancel mortgages in order to subjugate the masses and convince them to be branded like cattle. This people, which for too long has endured the abuses of a hateful and tyrannical power, is rediscovering that it has a soul. It is understanding that it is not willing to exchange its freedom for the homogenization and cancellation of its identity. It's beginning to understand the value of familial and social ties, of the bonds of faith and culture that unite honest people. This great reset is destined to fail because those who planned it do not understand that there are still people ready to take to the streets to defend their rights, to protect their loved ones, to give a future to their children and grandchildren. The leveling in humanity of the globalist project will shatter miserably in the face of the firm and courageous opposition of the children of light. The enemy has Satan on its side, he who only knows how to hate. But on our side, we had the Lord Almighty, the God of armies arrayed for battle, and the most holy virgin who will crush the head of the ancient serpent. If God is for us, who can be against us? Romans chapter 8, verse 31. Mr. President, you are well aware that, in this crucial hour, the United States of America is considered the defending wall against which the war declared by the advocates of globalism has been unleashed. Place your trust in the Lord, strengthened by the words of the Apostle Paul. I can do all things in him who strengthens me. Shoot. I can't remember the name of this one. Phil. What's up? 
what starts with Phil in the Bible? Shoot. Phil. Oh, it's going to bug me. Chapter 4, verse 13. To be an instrument of divine providence is a great responsibility for which you will certainly receive all the graces of state that you need since they are being fervently implored for you fervently implored for you by the many people who support you with their prayers. With this heavenly hope and the assurance of my prayer for you, for the First Lady, and for your collaborators, with all my heart I send you my blessing. God bless the United States of America. Carlo Maria Vagano. Wow. Does anyone else have chills? Because I have freaking chills. It's nuts. And it's a lot to take in, but I even suggest listening to this over again. Just to these seven pages of this guy in the Vatican who is denouncing the church and warning President Trump of America about the new world order and the Great Reset and Bill Gates and COVID-19 and vaccine passports and digital IDs and detention camps about canceling all of humanity. Like, we're not playing around here. (laughs) We're not playing around here. Start reading your Bible. Start saying your prayers. Start preparing. Literally for the worst case scenarios. Lately, I've been buying like five pound bags of alfalfa seeds so that I can sprout even if I don't have sunlight. (laughs) Like, I'm going to buy a gun soon. I've been stocking up on food and on water. I'm looking into water filters. I'm doing all of these things to prepare myself for the literal worst. Because I think that's what point we're at. But in the meantime, until shit really hits the fan, I still live in the matrix. Like, God said, be in the world, but not of it. I still have to live by the system. Like, I'm not exempt from the game. I'm still in the matrix, but I just have to find ways to skirt my way around it, you know? So because of that, I've got bills to pay. (laughs) I still have bills to pay. I still have to pay for a place to live. I have to buy or I have to rent an apartment. I have to be able to afford it. I am hoping that I'm going to be able to buy my own house or duplex so that I can start a garden in the back. And I can hopefully either have a stream in the back or a river, or I can start catching rainwater. Like really, have some chickens so that I can sustain myself if I were to be permanently denied uh, entrance into a grocery store. These are really the things that are going on, but I still feel like a lot of people don't know how to take care of themselves. It's a big jump. Like, for, for a small example, going vegan. If you don't know what you're doing, it is so hard to go vegan because you've gone your whole life eating dairy and cheese and meat. And then suddenly when it's like, oh, you can't have milk anymore. And then you're realizing all of these products have milk in it. And you're like, what do I even eat? Like, I can't have cereal for breakfast. What else is there? Oh, this waffle has milk in it what do I even do? Like that, that was me. I didn't do research. And then I started losing weight and like feeling ill because I didn't know what I could eat. And so I would just like starve. 
But that same thing is what happens when people realize like, oh my gosh, I'm living in a matrix. Like I'm living in this whole system in this game that's rigged and is killing people and is polluting our food and our water and our air and everything. And it's giving us mental illnesses. And it's like, okay, how do I step away from this system? Like you have been entrenched in it and have lived in it and grow grown up on it and been programmed by it for your entire life. And it's hard to just like one day say, oh, I'm not going to be a part of that anymore. Like, okay, what are you going to do? Go hike into the mountains and build a cabin on your own? Like, cut down trees? <laughs> like, all of a sudden know how to grow food and do all of this stuff. Get fresh water, create a fire, create heat. Like, literally build a house. Maybe go hunt. Like, okay, is that what you're going to do now? Like, that's so unrealistic for a lot of people. We still are in the world... But we got to be not of it. And I feel so, so incredibly passionate about this. But I feel like everyone kind of just has to tiptoe and take baby steps. So for me, the first thing that woke me up to like, holy crap, this world is crazy and it sucks and it's like rigged against me. The first thing that did that was mental health. When I started realizing that my birth control was making me crazy and that my food was making me crazy and that actual antidepressants that I had taken for a little bit were actually not good for me and like my food was giving me hormones that were not good for me and all these different things cause mental illness so I was like what the heck like I am the most anxiety ridden person ever at least I didn't used to be but for a couple of years there I was bad And I was so anxious. I was passing out in public spaces. I avoided crowds. If I had to be in a crowd the whole time, I just worried about if there wasn't a place to sit down. Like, what if I pass out? I was scared walking across campus because I was like, OMG, what if I faint on the way to class and like no one sees me? And I'm just like, what if I hit my head on the concrete and freaking get a concussion or like bleed out? All of these things were going on and I was so anxious and then, you know, it was like just this heavy darkness was over me, but I didn't want to take pharmaceuticals. So I had to teach myself like, how do I function? How do I feel okay? Because I don't feel okay and I don't know what to do about it. That was a very long journey, but I feel like at this point when I don't feel like anxiety and I can read things like this letter and I don't feel like doom and gloom and hopelessness it's kind of just like okay all right let's deal with this <laughs> like I've, I've come a long way and of course medicine and seeing different doctors and taking herbal supplements has tremendously helped like tremendously helped but it's also mindset and emotional work so I Obviously, I went through this long process of discovering, like, what actually works for me? What can I do to make me feel okay? And the best thing that I found came, it came literally from a Facebook video that I had shared in 2012, and it popped up in my memories. And I re-saw it, and I was like, holy cow, this is awesome. And it was a video from HeartMath. So I looked up HeartMath. I loved everything about it. I wrote about it in my book saying, like, this is how people can be helped how the world can be saved, literally. And then after that, I got certified and I was a HeartMath certified mentor and I did one-on-one trainings. But now, I realize that I don't love one-on-one. I don't have the energy for it. 
but I do great when I can post online and make things on my own time and be creative in my own little personal den of relaxation and I don't know, it just works for me. So I have made a new online course and this one is completely heart math. Um, You're going to learn the six heart math techniques that bring you into coherence, which, oh, what does coherence mean? I didn't know either. Coherence basically means that every single system of your body is working together. So it's mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual, but even deeper down to the nitty gritty, like it's chemicals, it's neurons being sent from your heart to your brain, it's your hormones, it's your autonomic autonomic nervous system, it's your digestive system. Everything starts to work together. They come into sync. And heart math does this. Like literally through these super easy breathing techniques where maybe you're feeling like shit. You can do this technique and like the first step is just to breathe through your heart more slowly and deeply than usual. Like that's one technique all on its own and everything else is built off of that one. But then the next important step is activate a positive feeling. And so... You can go from feeling anxious and depressed to doing this breathing, which already brings your heart into into a good rhythm so that your heart, which is actually the super super computer of your body, it becomes a rhythm. And then it starts sending really clear and effective signals to your brain and to the rest of your body. So already just by breathing, you're fixing your mental health and your emotional health, but it's also literally affecting you physically. Like it's making real chemical and hormonal changes in your body. Like just just doing this breathing releases 1400 different chemicals that are actually anti-aging. Like if you did this all the time, you wouldn't age. Which brings me to the Bible. Like I wonder if that's why people lived for so long because they didn't experience stress and anxiety in this like crazy whacked out breathing pattern of like we're so stressed out that we forget to breathe or we breathe super shallow like we don't even know what it's like to breathe in our bellies or take a deep breath but when we do do that we release anti-aging chemicals 1400 of them so anyways all this to say you're gonna learn how to do this and how to become emotionally resilient resilient in every aspect of your life really You are going to learn how to effectively communicate, how to make good decisions, uh, how to tune into your heart's intuitive intelligence. Your heart literally has an energy field that is always taking in information from the environment. So when your brain is confused, if you can tap into your heart, it'll tell you exactly what you need to do better than your brain ever could. Um, It's honestly so amazing. It's changed my life. If it didn't, I wouldn't be so adamant about it. Like, I wouldn't have pursued it. I wouldn't have gotten trained in it. I, I, like, I don't know if you can tell, but I only do things that I feel very passionate about. And heart math is one of those things. So I made an online course that was basically just, just like the crash course that I learned when I first was getting trained in it and having to understand what it was. And how it works and how to apply it and how it can transform my life and how it can raise my energy levels and how stress is the number one killer in America and how this just melts away stress just like that in like 
30 seconds by applying these techniques that are super easy and you don't have to go shut yourself away in a corner and play flute music and light candles and meditate. You literally just do it wherever you are. If you're driving, if you're in the grocery store, it's amazing. It's truly amazing. So I made this course. I broke it down into six different weeks. Each week has a different theme and focus. Uh, In week three, you'll start learning the techniques. By week six, you'll know six of them. You'll have completed different exercise worksheets and you will understand what in life drains your energy and makes you feel negatively and what in life fills you up, fills up your cup, makes you feel good. And not only will you understand like how you're living your life and what is not good for you, you're also going to understand what to do when you just inevitably have to be in those situations that are more negative. And through doing this, you're going to raise your energy and your positive emotions naturally so that this becomes the baseline. Like this becomes just the point in which you function in everyday life. Like you don't, after a while of practice, you don't have to think about it anymore because your body has just stored up enough of these positive chemicals and hormones, literally, that it's like you have a storehouse inside of you and you just feel positive. Even if something crappy happens, you've got enough in your tank that like this little hit's not going to matter and you're still up and going and feeling great and being efficient and effective and creative and communicating well and making good decisions and quick decisions and finding solutions, even if they're out of the box, all these different things. And you're going to do it for these six weeks and commit to practicing it because if you don't actually take action and do the things, you're not going to see a difference. But when you do, even if you don't see a difference, which I guarantee you will, the people around you will. Like people who maybe you'd usually talk to them and get triggered or stressed out or you guys would break out into a fight or an argument. Suddenly when you just have like fluent conversations with them and you start hearing them and understanding not only what they're saying but what they're feeling and you can make better decisions about them and in your own life and all these different things, they're going to be like, whoa, what's different about you? Like you're different now. What changed? It's really just so awesome. So this is launching soon. I don't have an exact date yet. I'm still working out the little kinks and details. But if you're interested, follow me on Instagram because that's where I'm going to be posting everything. And if you don't have an Instagram or just like you would rather ask questions, maybe to see if this is for you, email me at madisonpalika at protonmail.com. That's M-A-D-I-S-O-N-P-A-L-I-C-A at P-R-O-T-O-N-M-A-I-L.com. madisonpalika at protonmail.com. Okay, my voice is getting raspy. I've been talking for way too long. So I hope that you enjoyed this. I hope that you really get something out of this. And please, if you feel called to it and you know that You want to start stepping out of the matrix, but you don't know how to, and you want to be able to self-sustain yourself and like be happy despite all the crap going on in the world, let me know. Come follow me on Instagram, send me a message, email me, and tell me that you're interested in this course. Or you can just sign up when it drops, you know. (laughs) Either one, either one works for me. Um, 
So yeah, I'm really excited about it and I'm going to keep doing more courses uh, after this just talking about The Matrix. Um, I really want to do one on food and nutrition education, talk about the food system and the poison and cancer that's in our food and why we should step away from it, how we can step away from it, what we should step away to, um, you know, like practical solutions that don't feel like they're impossible to accomplish. So yeah, thank you guys for listening. God bless you. God bless this country. God bless this world. Um, Yeah, I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I hope that you absolutely loved it and that you got some really good things out of it to apply in your own life. If you want to hear more, I'm really active on Instagram. My username is Madison Palika. I'm also on YouTube and Facebook, both under Madison Palika. So hit me up there. I would love to schedule a mentoring session with you or talk to you about course options. I would love to hear from you and I would love to hear what you think about this podcast. Again, I love you. Thanks so much and have the best day ever.